Book Club Cheats, a podcast for book clubbers who just can't seem to find the time to read. I'm your host, Lippy Turner Roman, and today we'll be talking about The Dutch House. As children, my siblings and I often fought like cats and dogs. Of course, we're all fairly close in age, and it seemed like we were always on top of each other. That probably may have had something to do with all those squabbles. Now, as an adult, I truly appreciate my siblings. They have got me through some pretty hard times. Sibling bonds are explored in Anne Patchett's Pulitzer Prize-nominated book, The Dutch House. It's a character-driven tale that weaves fairy tale elements to explore the unshakable bond that tie two siblings together and how those very same strong bonds tear apart and stunt their other relationships. The Dutch House also explores themes of grief, love, forgiveness and obsession. Danny Conway is the narrator of The Dutch House and he sets out to tell the story of his sister Maeve but actually he paints the bittersweet tale of a home lost and the search to find answers as to why this loss occurred. The story is told in a non-linear narrative and it leaps back and forth over a 50 year period, but it's a fairly easy to keep a track of all the jumps and all the years. Danny and his sister Maeve live in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, in a grand, gorgeously opulent and sumptuous house called the Dutch House. The house is named after the last residence, a Dutch-American family called the Van Hubeks, who built the house and they also lost the house because they traded on cigarettes. The house had the most magnificent glass windows, which allow you to see all the way through to the gardens. Maeve and Danny's father, Cyril Conway, a poor Irish-American from the New York tenements get shot down over France during World War II. And recuperating, he learns about land in rural Pennsylvania. And after the war, Cyril, who's a ferocious saver, buys up land and sells it to the, for a huge profit to the government. Cyril proceeds to become this hugely successful property developer and landlord. Cyril's wife, Elna, has no clue about her husband's newfound wealth until the day he takes his wife and his six-year-old daughter, Maeve, on a picnic to show them the Dutch house. The house shocks and unnerves Elna, who is totally scared even to go into the house. She cannot accept that it belongs to them and is convinced that they're going to get arrested for breaking and entering. Elna thinks they're poor, they can't afford this grand house, that they don't belong in this house. The house terrifies her. In fact, Elna likes being poor, and this becomes a huge problem and creates a great divide when the family moves into the Dutch house. Cyril was friends with Elna's brother and was sent to talk Elna out of joining a convent and becoming a nun. Cyril tells Elna that she doesn't belong in a convent and they get married. This is a huge mistake. Essentially, Elna really does belong in a convent and she really should have taken her vows. Her life's goal is to help the poor and live in poverty. And this need really seems to override any other ties that she may feel to family. 
Danny is born soon after they move into the Dutch house, and Cyril purchased the house lock, stock, and barrel, so it comes fully furnished with the Van Houtbeek's furniture, painting, bedding, cutlery, and even their caretaker, Fluffy or Fiona. Fluffy gets fired when Danny is four for accidentally hitting him with a spoon. The only thing missing from the house are is the Van Houtbeek's themselves. Although their paintings still look down at the interlopers above the massive fireplace. Cyril tries to get Elna's portrait painted, but Elna is terrified. So the celebrated artist brought in from Chicago paints a portrait of 10-year-old Maeve. The painting, which serves as the cover to my copy of the um, Dutch house, shows Maeve in a red coat thick, dark, long hair staring directly down at the viewer. Maeve's portrait is the only thing in the Dutch house that isn't the Van Hoobakes. Sisters Sandy and Jocelyn are hired as maids. This further alienates and scares Elna, who doesn't want servants. Elna disappears for long periods of time. We later find out that she keeps going back to the convent. And then finally, one day, when Danny is three, Elna leaves for good to help and look after the poor in India. Ten-year-old Maeve, who adored her mother, is shocked and becomes violently ill, nearly dies and develops type 1 diabetes. All Maeve can do is cry and cry. Cyril finally tells her to stop. Cyril, afraid that further contact with Elna will harm Maeve, has private investigators track down Elna to India to deliver the divorce papers. Brilliant, a short, organised, gifted and sharp-tongued, Maeve is really a woman of substance and becomes Danny's parent. He never misses Elna since Dan Maeve gives Danny everything a mother should and could give him. Sandy and Jocelyn take care of the day-to-day -day running of the Dutch house and Maeve takes care of Danny. Cyril becomes withdrawn and an enigmatic parent, working late. He seems only to care about his work and the house. Life inside the Dutch house becomes quiet. Though both Danny and Maeve have friends at school, they never bring those friends home. They don't want to draw attention to their motherless state. Every first Saturday, Danny goes with Cyril to collect rent from all the tenants. Cyril has property all over, in good errors and bad. He takes Danny with him to show him the ropes of the business and plans on Danny taking over at some point. Page 20. The biggest lie in business is that it takes money to make money. Remember that. You've got to be smart. Have a plan. Pay attention to what's going on around you. None of that costs a dime. My father wasn't much for imparting advice and this seemed to have worn him out. When he was finished, he took his handkerchief from his pocket and ran it across his forehead. When I'm in a charitable mood, I look back at this moment and I tell myself that this was the reason things played out the way they did. My father was trying to give me the benefit of his experience. My father was always more comfortable with his tenants than he was with the people in his office or the people in his house. A tenant would start in on a story which sometimes was about the Phillies' inability to pitch against Brooklyn and other times about why there wasn't enough money in the envelope. And I could tell by the way my father was standing, the way he nodded at one part or another, that he was paying attention. The people who were short on the rent 
never complained about the window that was painted shut. They only wanted the chance to tell him what had happened to them that month and to assure him that it wouldn't happen again. I never saw my father scold the tenants or make any threats. He only listened and then he told them to try their best. But after three months of conversation, there would be a different family living in the apartment the next time we came back. I never knew what happened to the people with the hard luck, but it happened on some other day other than the first Saturday of the month. When Danny gets home from collecting rent, Maeve makes him recount everything that happened that day, who they talked to, which tenant said what, what they had for lunch. Andrea destroys all this calm. Andrea comes into their lives and never leaves. We meet Andrea just as Danny and Maeve do, turning around from looking at the Van Hubeck's portraits and looking down on Danny and Maeve, watching them and waiting. Danny tells us Andrea has been dying to get inside the Dutch house. She lingered like a virus and talked about nothing but the house. Although Cyril appears ambivalent about Andrea, she's determined to get Cyril and the Dutch house. Danny has mixed feelings about Andrea. He sometimes thinks they may have wronged her or thought about her wrongly, but Maeve understands what and who Andrea is and the threat she poses for their way of life and Maeve's hatred pushes out Danny's positive thoughts of Andrea. Andrea doesn't like Danny and Maeve and is coldly polite. She slowly infiltrates the Dutch house and after two years, Danny and Maeve meet Andrea's young daughters, Norma and Bright. Page 39. On the Sunday evening after Andrea's daughters had been tossed in our laps, I was watching Maeve carefully, thinking that something about her was definitely off. I could read her blood sugar like the weather. I knew when she wasn't listening to me anymore and was just about to keel over, I always was the first to notice when she was sweaty or pale. Sandy and Jocelyn would see it too. They knew when she needed juice, when to give her the shot themselves, but it took our father by surprise every single time. He was always looking at the space just over Maeve's head. But in this case, it wasn't her sugar at all. While I had my eye on her, Maeve did the most astonishing thing that I've ever known her to do. Very casually, while spooning out potato salad, she told our father that it wasn't our responsibility to take care of Andrea's daughters. He sat with this for a moment, chewing that bite of chicken he'd just put in his mouth. Were you planning on doing something else last night? Homework, Maeve said. On a Saturday? Maeve was pretty enough unpopular enough that she'd never had to stay home on Saturday nights but for the most part she did and for the first time I realized it was because of me she would have never left me alone in the house there was a lot of work this week well my father said looks like you managed you can still do your homework with the girls in the house I didn't get any homework done on Saturday I was entertaining the girls but your homework is done now isn't it you won't embarrass yourself in school tomorrow. That isn't the point. My father crossed his knife and fork on his plate and looked at her. Then why don't you tell me the point? Maeve was ready for him. She'd thought it all out in advance. Maybe she'd been thinking about it since I objected to the tour. They're Andrea's children and she should take care of them, not me. My father tipped his head slightly towards me. 
You look after him. She looked at me, morning, noon and night. She looked after me. Was that what she was saying? She didn't need two more children to take care of? Danny's my brother. Those girls have nothing to do with us. Everything my father had ever taught her was used against him now. Maeve, sit up straight. Maeve, look me in the eye if you want to ask me for something. Maeve, get your hands out of your hair. Maeve, speak up. Don't expect that anyone will do you the favour of listening if you don't trouble yourself to use your voice. But if the girls were your family, you wouldn't mind. He lit a cigarette at the table, the food still on his plate, as an act of aggressive incivility I'd never before witnessed. Maeve just stared at him. I could hardly believe the way she held his gaze. They're not. He nodded his head. When you live under my roof and eat my food, I suppose you can trouble yourself to look after our guest when I ask you to. There was a drip coming from the kitchen faucet. Drip, drip, drip. It made an unbelievable racket, echoing off the walls just like the renters said when they complained about their own faucets. I had watched my father change enough washers to think I'd have no problem doing it myself. I'd wondered were I to get off from the table and look for a wrench if either of them would notice I was gone. You didn't ask me, Maeve said. My father was pushing back his chair, but she beat him to it. She got up from the table, her napkin still tight in her fist, and left the room without asking to be excused. Maeve goes to college at Barnard and returns six weeks later for Andrea and Cyril's wedding. It's not a church wedding and takes place at the Dutch house since Andrea is not a Catholic and, of course, because of Cyril's divorce. In fact, Andrea despises Catholics. Not really sure what she's doing marrying one. The atmosphere in the Dutch house changes. Sandy and Jocelyn, although maids, really were members of the family. Andrea relegates them back to being maids. She is now queen of the Dutch house and acts like it. Andrea gives Maeve's beloved bedroom to her daughters. Danny is distraught, but Cyril doesn't say anything. Maeve finds out that she's been banished to a small attic room when she comes home for the holidays. Maeve stops coming back to the Dutch house for the holidays. Cyril plans to drive Danny up to New York to spend the weekend with Maeve. Andrea hijacks the plans she wants to go and have the trip be all about herself. But rather than argue with Andrea, Cyril takes Danny up to New York the next morning, way before Andrea is even up. Danny is surprised by a more talkative and open Cyril, who takes him to see his and Elna's childhood homes and neighbourhoods. Cyril narrates stories about Elna's family and tells Danny his mother was crazy. And everybody has a burden in life, and that being motherless was Danny's. When Danny tells Maeve of the outing, she and Danny go back to look at her parents' old neighbourhood. They go up to Columbia campus and Maeve tells Danny that this is where he should go to school. Maeve graduates and plans on getting a law degree, but she comes back to Elkins Park to look after Danny for a year. She wants to make sure that he's okay. She gets an apartment and a job at Artisan's Frozen Vegetables. Maeve quickly and efficiently whips the place into shape. She comes up with a new billing system, starts doing their taxes, and pretty soon Maeve becomes Otterson's chief financial officer. It's a job Maeve can do in an afternoon and a job that she has for the rest of her life. 
When Danny is 15, Cyril has a heart attack in one of his building sites and dies. Cyril's secretary, Andrea's always ignored, calls Danny and Maeve to go to the hospital and to see the body. Andrea comes unhinged when she finds out about the death and the hospital visit. Andrea punishes everyone by trying to bury Cyril in the Protestant cemetery. Maeve has to call Father Brewer to sort it all out. Andrea holds this against Danny and Maeve too. After the funeral, Andrea kicks Danny, Sandy, Jocelyn out of the Dutch house. Maeve and Danny found out that Andrea made Cyril put everything, the Dutch house, the business, everything in Andrea's name. The only provision Cyril made for Danny was an educational fund which he will share with Andrea's daughters. Maeve decides they'll exhaust the fund. It's the only leverage they'll have over Andrea. Maeve plans the most expensive education for Danny, whether he wants it or not. Danny's education will become an instrument of revenge. Danny goes on to have one of the most expensive boarding schools and then goes on to Columbia University, both for his undergrad and then to med school. Danny doesn't want to be a doctor. He just wants to be a builder and a property developer like his dad. He acknowledges that temperamentally he's a great deal like his father, but he subsumes all his dreams to make Maeve happy in her retribution against Andrea. Basically, Danny spends nearly 15 years studying to be a doctor just to stick it to Andrea. Danny goes down to see Maeve monthly, sometimes weekly. Over the next 40 years, whenever Maeve and Danny are together, they end up stalking the Dutch house. Brother and sister spend thousands of hours just sitting in Maeve's car looking at the Dutch house and having deep, meaningful conversations, trying to understand their parents, their parents' life together, their childhood, how they got there, how the Dutch house was built, the Van Bakes who built it, Sandy, Jocelyn and Fiona's affair with their father, and how they lost the Dutch house. And of course, they always circle back to talking about Andrea. On a trip down to see Maeve, Danny meets Celeste. Maeve decides Celeste's perfect for Danny. She's Catholic and she seems intelligent. Celeste and Danny start a relationship and Celeste actually starts to read more in the relationship than Danny wants or can give. He actually sees Celeste as someone who can make his difficult life easy for him. Uh, she can take care of him and then also there's the sex. Danny tells us that he understood that he's meant to be Celeste's job and rather than become a doctor herself, Celeste sees her destiny or job as rather to be a doctor's wife. And she expects Danny to propose to her when she finishes college, but he doesn't and they break up. Celeste blames the breakup on Maeve and ultimately blames Maeve for all the things that she hates about Danny. This poisoned Maeve's and Celeste's relationship for the rest of their lives. Danny reconnects with Celeste at a funeral and resumes their relationship and eventually marries her and has two children, Kevin and May, named after Maeve. During his medical training, Danny has been actively scouting out real estate in New York. He plans on becoming a developer after he finishes residency and has no plans on becoming a practicing doctor. Celeste is shocked. She signed up for and wants to be a doctor's wife. She blames Maeve. It's ironic since Maeve actually wants Danny to stay in med school more and do specialty training so that they can further drain that educational fund. Danny becomes a successful developer, echoing his father's career. 
whenever Dan is protector, Maeve does the company books for free. She refuses to accept any payment. Danny buys a small rental house that Maeve lives in and gives it to her. Celeste resents both Danny's bond and time spent with Maeve, but Danny refuses to give up his sister. Danny and Maeve reconnect with their nursery nurse, Fluffy, or Fiona, who comes to help Celeste with the children. Fiona has bumped into Elna in New York and tells Danny he should meet her. Danny doesn't let Fiona or Maeve know that he's also briefly encountered Elna in emergency ward. He doesn't want anything to do with his mother and is scared of letting Elna hurt Maeve again. Over the course of the book, Maeve has some serious medical incidences. Her diabetes and its knock-on effect land her in the hospital a couple of times. Mr. Otterson is always there to worry over her during these times. Danny tells us Maeve doesn't have anyone in her life, that Maeve would never willingly show herself uh, to anybody but him. Maeve doesn't even let anyone see her shoot herself up with insulin. But I wondered about Maeve and Mr. Otterson. Danny takes Maeve home after an incident with low blood sugar at a concert. Of course, the siblings end up stalking the Dutch house. Page 253. Look, whispered Maeve. The light in the master bedroom had come on. The master bedroom faced the front of the house, while Maeve's room, the better room with the smaller closet, looked over the back garden. Several minutes later, we saw the light in the upstairs hallway and then the light on the stairs, like the first time Maeve had brought me back when I came home from coat. But now the whole thing was happening in reverse. In the car, in the dark, we said nothing. Five minutes passed, ten minutes. Then a woman was walking down the driveway in a light-coloured coat. While logic would suggest that it could have been a housekeeper or one of the girls, it was clear to both of us, even from a distance, that it was Andrea. Her hair, pulled back in a ponytail, was a lighter blonde in the moonlight. She kept her arms around herself, holding her coat tightly closed and the edge of something pink trailing behind her. We could see some slippers there, might have been boots. It looked for all the world like she was coming straight for us. She sees us! May's voice was low, and I put my hand on her wrist on the off chance she was planning to get out of the car. When Andrea was a good ten feet from the end of the driveway, she stopped and turned her face to the moon, moving one hand to hold the clothes the collar of her coat. She hadn't stopped for a scarf. She hadn't expected the early morning dark to be so clear or the moon so full, and she stood there, taking it in. She was twenty years older than I was, or that's how I always remembered it. I was forty-two, and Maeve was forty-nine, soon to be fifty. Andrea took a few more steps towards us, and Maeve slipped her fingers through mine. She was entirely too close, our stepmother, as close as a person on the other side of the street. I could see how she had aged, how she had exactly herself, eyes, nose, chin. There was nothing extraordinary about her. She was a woman I had known in my childhood, and now did not know at all. A woman who had for several years been married to our father. She leaned over, picked up the folded newspaper from the pea gravel, and, tucking it under her arm, turned away walking into the frost-covered field of the front lawn. Where's she going? Maeve whispered, because for all the world it looked like she was heading towards the hedge that bordered the pop property to the south. 
The moon hung on her pale coat, her pale hair, until she passed behind the line of trees and we couldn't see her any more. We waited. Andrea didn't reappear at the front door. Do you think she's gone round to the back? That doesn't make any sense. It's freezing. It hadn't occurred to us until now that I was never the one driving when we went to the Dutch house, that from this vantage point the view was subtly changed. Go, Maeve said. We stopped at a diner instead of going straight to the train station to pick up her car, and over eggs and toast, the same thing we'd eaten for dinner, broke down Andrea's trip to get the paper frame by frame. Had she seen something out there that we couldn't see? Were those slippers or boots? Andrea had never gone to get the paper herself. She'd always come downstairs in her nightgown, or maybe she had when none of us were awake. Of course, she would be living in the house alone now, Norma and Bright, whom had always thought of being so young, must be in their late thirties by now. How long had Andrea been there alone? Finally, when we had exhausted every fact and supposition, Maeve put her coffee cup down in its saucer. I'm done, she said. The waitress came by and I told her we'd take the cheque. Maeve shook her head. She put her hands on the table and looked at me straight, the way our father would tell her to do. I'm done with Andrea. I'm making a pledge to you right here. I'm done with the house. I'm not going back there any more. Okay, I said. When she started walking towards the car, I thought I was having a heart attack. I felt an actual pain in my chest just seeing her again. And it's been how many years since she threw us out? Twenty-seven. That's enough, isn't it? We don't need to do this. We can go someplace else. We can park at the arboretum and look at the trees. Habit is a funny thing. You might think you understand it, but you can never true exactly see it for what it is until you're doing it. I was thinking about Celeste, and all those years she told me how insane it was that Maeve and I parked in front of the house we lived in as children, and how I thought it was a problem that she could never understand. You look disappointed, Maeve said. Do I? I leaned back in the booth. This isn't disappointment. We made a fetish out of our misfortune, fallen in love with it. I was sickened to realise we'd kept it going for so long, not that we decided to stop. But I didn't need to say any of that because Maeve was understood it all perfectly. Just imagine if she'd come out to get the paper sooner, she said, say 20 years ago. We could have had our lives back. I paid the cheque and we got into the car and drove to the parking lot on the 30th Street station. It had only just been yesterday that Maeve had come up to New York to see May dance. Could have said that by stopping at the Dutch house and then going on to the diner, we had wasted the advantage we'd gained by getting up so early. There wouldn't be much traffic for Maeve going back to Jenkintown, but I would hit the full force of rush hour driving into the city now. I would do my best to explain it all to Celeste. I'd tell her I was sorry that I'd been gone, sorry that I was late coming back, and then I would tell her that we, what we had accomplished. Maeve and I agreed our days at the Dutch house were now over. Maeve has a heart attack, and when Danny reaches the hospital, he finds his mother is there. Danny doesn't want her there. He doesn't want to know her and doesn't want to have anything to do with her. But Maeve, it's over the moon. She's ecstatic to have her mother back. It's what she wanted forever. Danny doesn't trust his mother. Elna moves in with Maeve. Danny and May and Kevin visit weekly. Danny's still bitter towards his mother, 
And Maeve tells Danny to grow up, that Elna just wanted to help people and that she's covered in shame for leaving them behind. The shame is what stopped her from getting in touch with them. Danny wants to know what kind of person leaves their family. Maeve angry replies that men leave their family all the time. Men like the Buddha and Odysseus and they're celebrated for it. And that Danny and she survived and that Danny needs to be decent to their mother because Maeve wants him to be. He owes her that. Danny realises he owes Maeve everything. Six months later, Elna drives them to the Dutch house and up the driveway, something they'd never dared to do in those years of stalking the house. Elna knocks on the door and Andrea shoots out and buries herself against Danny's chest. Andrea has Alzheimer's and she thinks Danny is Cyril. Norma, Andrea's daughter, is a physician, has come back to take care of her mother, but it's obvious that Norma and Bright have a complicated relationship with Andrea. On the way home, Elna says that she wants to go back to the Dutch house and look after Andrea because they need her there. Maeve is furious and tells Elna no, that she's not going back, that Maeve needs her and has always needed her. Two weeks later, Maeve dies in her sleep. Celeste and Danny get divorced, but ultimately become friends. Elna goes to take care of Andrea at the Dutch house, and Kevin goes to medical school. May becomes a famous actress and buys the Dutch house after Andrea's death, and she restores Maeve's painting to its previous spot in the house and throws a huge party at the Dutch house. And Danny? Danny imagines his sister on the grounds of the Dutch house and misses her terribly. I really enjoyed The Dutch House. It's a fairly easy, enjoyable and readable prose and I finished it in two days. As I said earlier, The Dutch House is a very character-driven and a quiet family drama and so not much really happens in terms of action and some readers might find the tale slow-moving. However, Patchett does a really lovely job of fully developing characters and I did feel emotionally connected to them. The only character I had some issue with connecting was Elna, um, Maeve and Danny's mother. I just had a hard time really understanding why she left her children. Her abandonment of them had such sad reverberations and repercussions for everyone in the Conway family and Elna's characterization just didn't seem true to me or call to me. And the other character who had a slight mishap for me was Cyril. I found it difficult to believe that this guy that was such a savvy businessman and who could hunt down his wife down in India to serve her divorce papers would just sign over his whole company to Andrea, a woman he really re did sort of regret marrying and just shift his children. I just didn't get that. Um, Danny is the narrator, but I'm not sure that he was always a truthful narrator. I'm not saying that Danny lied, but that he narrates the story in Middle Age, and I wondered how this impacted his version of the story. Additionally, with Danny as our narrator, we only see other characters in relation to him. So we see Andrea as a greedy, dispassionate, harsh, because mostly that's how Danny sees her, or maybe that's how Maeve sees her. I wondered about her backstory, like, where she came from, was she a widow, who were Norma and Bright's father, and what really fueled Andrea's passion or obsession for that Dutch house. And as a narrator, Danny shone when he explored his deep, caring, loving, supportive bond with Maeve. In fact, it became very clear that Danny 
doesn't need anyone else emotionally as long as he has Maeve, and you can definitely really see why his marriage broke up. It was interesting to look at the ways that Maeve and Danny repeated their parents' mistakes. Danny marries a woman who he really doesn't know, and I'm not really sure he wanted to know her, and he definitely doesn't see his wife clearly. He's immersed in his business and his sister, and although he appeared to be a caring father, uh, his main emotional ties is to his sister, which is the only really central thing in his world. And every time he gets any news, it's his sister that he tells. And so, and I also also found Danny could also be quite self-absorbed and selfish in many ways. Unless things directly impacted him, Danny wasn't really interested in the lives of others. Um, and it's not really until he's in high school that he actually finds out that Sandy and Jocelyn are in fact sisters. And that even though he thought that Celeste would become a good doctor, he never urges her to higher studies. He really just lets characters orbit him. And so even even Maeve, he's convinced that Maeve doesn't have a romantic interests and takes her at face value because that's what he wants to see. I'm not she sure that he was actually really ready to share Maeve with anyone. And then reading the story, I felt that there were things that Maeve didn't always tell Danny, that there were things that she kept for him. And I wondered how Maeve's relationship with her boss, Mr. Ottoman, Austin, happened if when because when da Maeve dies, He's inconsolable and even Danny, self-absorbed as he is, knows it and remarks on it. The house itself is also actually an essential character in the story. It sort of reminded me very much of the house, uh, uh, the Mandalay house in Rebecca and, How and the house in Howard's End, um, the, where the family drama resolves around a house and the house stays the same and actually looks better as the years pass while the other characters change. The Dutch house inspires um, obsession and brings suffering to numerous characters um, like Cyril who loves the house because it shows the world that he's actually made it and Danny and Maeve are obsessed with the loss of the house but really the house stands in for their parents so ultimately during all those stakeout what they're really grieving for is the parents that they lost rather than the Dutch house. Maeve devotes her whole life to Danny at the expense of her own dreams, desires and wishes. She's self-sacrificing and a demanding parent to Danny. She gives up her law career for him but then demands he gives up 15 years of his life in a vendetta against Andrea. She's caring and just like her mother has a deep appreciation of the Catholic Church and she spends a lot of her free time in social programs for the church. Ultimately, I felt a great deal of sadness for Maeve because at her centre, she was still the 10-year-old girl waiting for her mother to return. And finally, there are elements of fairy tale elements in this story that I found interesting. Obviously, you have the Cinderella story with, with the wicked stepmother, and then you also have the two stepsisters. But here, Patchett muddies the waters. Norma and Bright are not mean and grasping. In fact, they look up to Danny and Maeve and have a complicated relationship with Andrea. And I think this is one of those potential relationships that are pushed aside and are not allowed to grow and thrive as a result of the unwavering bond between Danny and Maeve. And then the other fairy tale um, element that the Dutch house utilizes is, of course, Hansel and Gretel, how the wicked stepmother cajoles the biological parent to cast out his children and how the children must find their way home, the detour at the gingerbread house, the house of illusions, um, kept by a ravenous witch. 
While Andrea appeared as a less than stellar individual, Maeve and Danny's feelings and imaginations and longings for their biological parents in the past, I think, created Andrea into a larger than life villain, a fact more plain when Danny and Maeve actually get to see how small and pathetic Andrea really is at the end of the book. Here are some book club questions. What does the Dutch house represent for each of the characters? If you have siblings, how does your relationship with your siblings compare to that of Danny and Maeve? Maeve tells Danny that our father was a man who had never even met his own wife. What do you think she means by this? Despite a challenging life, Maeve always was self-assured. What gave Maeve her self-assurance? Danny tells Maeve that we overlay the present into the past. We look back through the lens of what we know now, so we're not seeing it as the people we were, we're actually seeing it as the people we are, and that means the past has been radically altered. So do you think we can ever see the past truthfully? Other books to try by Anne Patchett are The State of Wonder, Bel Canto, and Commonwealth. I hope you get to read this really wonderful book, the Dutch house. Bye-bye!